All right, everyone, welcome back, or welcome to, if you're visiting for the first time to Passing Dimes. My name's Josh Nickel. Joining me, Dallas Keith. Good, you? Good, you? Uh, I don't want a long intro, because I feel like we have one of the best players in Canada volleyball history, and I kind of want to get to him really, really quickly. So let's uh, let's get to it. Our guest today is an Olympian. A FIVB gold medalist. Uh, CIS national champion. Indoor and beach national team member. I think he's played over 130 beach tournaments uh, representing Canada, which is huge. Uh, incredibly funny individual, often overlooked. Uh, started his own organization and league in the Vancouver area, which is actually, no, Weco Bebo is, it's a Canada thing. Like, it's, it's getting athletes all over Canada, so we'll, we'll talk about that, I'm sure. Serial entrepreneur. Just all-around great guy, so let's, let's get to it. This week's guest is Ben Saxton. Uh, thank you for the, the warm introduction. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if all of it is merited, but, uh. Well, it is on this show. Yeah, <laughs> you know we're the media, and what we say is true. Yeah, so uh, exactly. we're going with it. <laughs> good story in the news. But uh, so, thanks for coming on, and uh, we're actually super stoked to to have you on here and to talk uh, to talk everything. You know, you've uh, you've been around the block for a long time, and uh, this is what your fifteenth year representing Canada internationally. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, counting my two. Um, my two years playing the under-19 World Championships, uh, it's 15 years that I've traveled somewhere to, to play that's beach volleyball. That's incredible. So, uh, you know, for, for people that don't know, your dad was an Olympian, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, your sister was on the national team as well, so it's it's a pretty big volleyball family. Did, uh, growing up, did you sort of know that this pathway was was carved into you or did you come to it naturally um just sort of into volleyball and obviously groomed towards the national team um well i mean most people who know my family (laughs) will will say that it was pretty obvious from the get-go because my mom and my dad both were national team volleyball players um, my mom just missed out on the Olympics. She left, she left the team just before they went to the 84 Olympics, the same one as my, my dad went to. Um, and then, yeah, they, own, they own and operate two indoor volleyball facilities in, uh, in Calgary and have for the last like 25 years now. So it's, it's kind of bred into my whole family to, uh, to play the sport. And uh, speaking of which, your dad's 84 team is being inducted this weekend into the Volleyball Canada Hall of Fame. So that's uh, another big award that's going yeah. to the Saxton family. Well, he, he got inducted a couple of years ago as, a, as an individual athlete. Um, and so now his team is, is getting inducted and it's, it's pretty special for them. I'm, they're obviously one of the best. I mean, I've heard every story about them uh, because <laughs> just growing up with my dad and his friends were all the guys from that team, just around all the time. So, <laughs> so yeah, they're they were obviously a pretty special team. Yeah, tight knit group. But, uh, and your dad's gonna be out in Ottawa to accept the award, and um, I'm not sure. It depends when when it is. I think it's this weekend. Oh, is it a part of League of Nations? I, I think I think they're trying to integrate it into the into the World League event. Then uh, I I haven't talked to them in like yeah. a week, but uh, I I would say it's unlikely yeah. this, this weekend. Yeah. He's already going to Ottawa for uh, in August for my wedding. Nice. And speaking nice. of which, congratulations! I don't think we've talked <laughs> since you've been engaged. So quick yeah. turnaround. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. Nice. Thanks. So when you were growing up, like, did you have plans of being a national team, or was it just something that you thought everybody did because both your parents did it? Like, did you know the steps that were, it was ha- excuse me that it was going to take to be a national team athlete, or was it just like you were around volleyball so much that it was like, yeah, I'll play for Canada someday? Um, I mean, I grew up with it as a realistic possibility. Like, it was never um, shot down by my parents. My parents have always supported sort of everything that we all do. My my siblings and I, um, and they've been they're obviously key to all of our success and, and everything. Um, yeah, I've, I've found, I've never thought that they couldn't do it because yeah, with their support, it's, and everything that they 
instilled in us. It's kind of a, a seemed like a natural thing that anyone can can accomplish. And so I always just thought that it, if I worked at it, then I could do it. And did you ever consider indoor? Or was beach always going to be your path? Um, I mean, when I was young, I wanted to play basketball, and then uh, <laughs> I just started started getting. Uh, there was a point when when for basketball I was pretty good, but everyone else around me was also pretty good. And then for volleyball, I was a lot better than everyone else around me because I'd just been playing a lot longer. And so it was like, well, I can make a go at volleyball. It's <laughs> if I'm, I like being better than people at things. So it's, it's <laughs> <better than> that. <laughs> so that, that made it a lot easier to play volleyball. Um, as far as beach and indoor, uh, I liked indoor, but I like the freedom that comes with beach that, uh, you're your own, your own coach a lot of the time you get to make your own decisions in terms of how you you train and play and i just like and and also you're involved in every single play there's no no hiding uh you have to be good at every skill i just think it's a really all-around volleyball that i and it's why i've always preferred it so speaking of being better at people than things uh your team just won the norseka berth for the world championships and the draws for that just came out today. So um, take us through that that weekend, having to having to commute from from Vancouver to Toronto, and and what the pathway to success was there, and, and your feelings sort of after the tournament, after you guys had, had won and, and secured the spot. Um, well, it was actually nice. We we came to Toronto and were hosted by Dave Chambers, who was one of Grant's old teacher slash coaches. Um, and he really just made us feel at home, which, which is really whenever you travel anywhere you want, that's what you want us to feel as at home as possible because, uh, whenever you're at home, that's where you're most comfortable. And then you'll usually play your best volleyball. Uh, so it was really awesome to have, Dave or Mr. Chambers, as we call him, because <laughs> that's how Grant always knew. Uh, <laughs> it's it was really awesome to have him there or be a resource for us to just feel at home and be able to play at our most comfortable and and so that was I think a real key to us playing so well um, that weekend where we we were really just steady the whole weekend long and played really well against every team. And yeah, obviously one one yeah. tournament. Now, did you have any sort of debrief afterwards, and were like, oh, like wow, like we we came literally across the country and beat everybody, and and just flew back home, or was it sort of you just looked at each other and said, yeah, we expected to do this, and we did it, so keep moving forward. Um, yeah, it was more the the second one of those. Uh, we were we came in with intentions to do as well as we can give us and if we knew if we played well we have the best chance to win that tournament uh and then we did and uh and then it was just round after round of shots and uh you know. <laughs> <laughs> no and then you don't remember the rest yeah don't remember the rest no but then we we went home and back to business to the next tournament yeah back to business so yeah. how do you guys perform that way? Like, is it different coming to say a, a domestic event where maybe the outside expectations are for you to do well versus maybe you're going to like world championships and things are wide open? Like, how do you mentally and emotionally prepare for a tournament? Does it change uh, depending on like the the scale of the event? Um, you try not not to let it change. It it is a little bit different because um, the caliber of teams is a little bit different. Uh, the teams. At, at the trials, they're they're good, but uh, no offense to them, there's a little bit of a drop off from the world tour. Uh, so we go in, and uh, you almost take the first couple couple matches. Is you don't have to be you don't have to be on fully all the time. Um, it's world worlds is going to be awesome. We we have a good. A strong pool. We'll get into that later, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, you, you're, we're going to have to go in and be ready to play right off the bat, ready to go. There's no no warm up. There's no gimme games, that's for sure. So we actually do have the pools pools here. 
Um, so yeah, you mentioned it. It's going to be a tough pool. So Dalhauser, Lucena, who you guys are familiar with, Brower Musin from the Netherlands, and Azad and Cap Ugrasso. Is that the Argentinian team? Um, so yeah, a tough pool. And in Worlds, I believe the format is you play everybody, right? It's not uh, the shorter format that you see on the FAV right now. Yeah, I think so. You'll have to ask Ed for... <laughs> but uh, yeah, see, it's regular pool play. Um, play everybody. Nice. So for a guy like you who's finished, I think, fifth, which is probably one of Canada's best results, at least on the men's side, at a World Championships... Uh, how are you preparing for an event like this now that the pools are out, you guys know you're going? I think you have Warsaw to prep and a, a few other things, but uh, what are you looking forward to with Worlds, and how are you guys going to get it going, like you said, right from the start of your first match? Um, we'll play Brower Musen first. So, yeah, we're going to go into Warsaw and sort of see what, they, what they're what they doing, uh, as well as just try to play as well as we can in, in Warsaw. I mean... Essentially, it, we're going to treat it like another tournament for the most part. It's a little different because there will be bigger breaks between matches. Um, so we'll be fully rested and and uh, our bodies should be good to go for every match. But uh, overall, you want to treat it uh, treat it like any tournament and be in the right mind zone or mind frame zone. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I want to be in the right frame of mind for uh, for every game, regardless of whether it's a four star tournament or world champs or or a one star or a North Seca trials or a, anything. Every every time you play a match, you want to be in the in the right uh, headspace and as fully prepared as as you can be. So you being one of the, the more clutch guys we've seen, like we talked about your accomplishments, what does that actually look like for you? Like for our younger listeners, what is your mindset and how do you kind of balance that when stress hits or expectations hit or maybe maybe if you get a certain result, you get your carding, right? So there's a lot of external stuff. What do you guys do to kind of take care of your focus and your, I don't know, your mental state or whatever we just called it? Like how do you prepare that and kind of, is it a skill you can practice or is how it just something you're good at? How do you steady the ship in big moments? Yeah, basically? that's a good way to explain it. Um, I mean, you said I'm clutch, but I think the key to being clutch is to play a lot of, to play a lot because then, uh, the good, you have more time to accumulate good results. Cause I, I've definitely been non-clutch, uh, my fair share as well. So it's, uh, it's more like, that's pretty much the key is play as much as you can. Um, because then you'll see every situation and, as soon as something new pops up, you're ready for it because you've seen it before. And it's it's or something. As soon as something different comes up, you you have more chance to have seen it before if you've played a lot. Um, I don't know if I'm saying this the right way, but <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Just, you got to put yourself in in every situation yeah. so that you know how to handle every situation. Exactly. Yeah. I'm giving you guys a lot of work trying to make me sound good. <laughs> <laughs> putting, putting, seeing how good of hosts you are right now. Um, so just in speaking of, you know, you've been at this for such a long time. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be, I guess, with you and, and watch you in your first tournament with your new partnership with, with Grant O'Gorman in Australia. And that's where we sort of gelled. And I realized I wasn't the only one with a particular sense of humor. Um, but... You know, it was pretty incredible seeing you guys there and and winning an event. And I think that's the first time in, in a number of years since, uh, I think it was since Doha that a Canadian team finished on top of the podium. Um, how is your approach with Grant in this sort of cycle different from the previous Olympic qualifications that, that you've gone through? Both having been successful in qualifying and uh, and not successful in qualifying. Is anything different with Grant uh, that you've experienced in your two and a half years together than, than your other partners? Or is it sort of just like, you know, you've been through this, like you said, you've had these experiences and, and you know what to expect? Yeah, well, I mean, we both have, have been through a lot. Grant's, he's younger, but he's been playing a lot. But basically the difference is that Grant is, is younger. Uh, it's the first partnership that I've had where I'm the older, I'm, yeah, the older partner. 
with Kane, I was more experienced, but still he was older than me. Um, so it's it's been sort of the first uh, the first partnership where I feel like I'm supposed to be the the mentor, even though Grant is a lot. Uh, he's very a very disciplined individual that will do all of all of the. He'll go through every step of whatever process he's in the middle of trying to complete. Um, whereas I'm a lot more fly by the seat of my pants. <laughs> Maybe that's why you compliment uh, so, you guys so well. Yeah. So I don't know if uh, I don't know if me being the the mentor is is necessarily the best because as you guys have already found out, I'm not the best with relaying information. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, it's been it's been great with Grant because he works so hard and uh, and he's gonna do whatever it takes to get better. And so qualifying for for anything, um, I have full confidence that he's gonna put forth his best effort. And that's that's pretty much as as much as you can do in in any situation. Um, there's always gonna be there's always gonna be tough times, and it's just being able to see to learn from the, the bad and, and use it going forward rather than to dwell on it. Right. I think that's a really good attitude to have. Uh, looking at your, your FIV profile, it kind of stood out that, like every beach player, you've had a few different partners. But one thing that stands out with you is when you find a partner, it seems like you play with them for almost a full cycle. Uh, is that something that kind of goes with your mental attitude, that you want to go through tough moments with the same partner and kind of compete for... Looks like it's two or three seasons with everybody, right? Because you played with Redmond for a, a good stretch there, then you and Kane were together, and now you and Grant have been together for a cycle. Uh, is that something you look for in a partner? Is somebody who can really battle and commit to like a full cycle? Um, I mean, I'm glad that it doesn't seem like I switch partners all the time, but mostly I take it year by year. Um, I, I've never really liked thinking about it as cycles because you play tournaments every season and so I want to be as good as I can for the next season and for the next season and for the next season um if if I'm good enough in a certain season I'll, I'll qualify for the Olympics as as an afterthought almost so I, I don't like to look at uh at the Olympics specifically as a tournament I'm trying to be as good as I can for every single every single tournament that I play and every season that I play so um partners as long as I see that there's forward momentum with a partnership, like if, if I see that Grant is still learning, that I'm still learning with Grant, um, and we're constantly getting better, then I'm going to continue playing with Grant. Um, like with, with Kame and with Christian, it's, it was the same thing. Like as long as I see that we're, that I feel that we're going to get better as a team, then I want to continue playing with that person. Nice, and you've been to multi-sport events, like you've been to the big volleyball ones like Worlds and everything, but you've also been to Pan Am. Uh, was there anything about the Olympics that was kind of surpri uh, surprising, excuse me, or like a, a moment where you felt like you arrived? Um, not really. I mean, the, the Olympics, is, uh, <laughs> it's, there's a lot of busyness around it, and uh, there's a lot of people that are warning us that it's going to be it's going to be so hectic and you need to shut out, shut out all the noise and everything like that. But I guess the, the biggest, the biggest, the funniest part from the Olympics was after every single match, uh, coming to my phone and having, it's like a thousand notifications on my phone. And it's like, Oh my goodness, what is, <laughs> because all the people who've been watching at home that don't normally see any volleyball cause it's not very well, um, broadcast and in the rest of the world tour but on the olympics uh every single person that i've met in my life is sending me a message and being like oh you're, you did so good and uh so i have just these thousand notifications on my phone and it's like do i go through all of these and try to answer all of them or is it just sort of uh, <laughs> throw my phone out and get a new one knowing you you had a witty <laughs> joke for every single person that responded to you <laughs> yeah I, I try my best to get back to people but uh yeah, we got we got the new Olympic phone, so by the end of by the end of it uh, by the end of it, my old phone was kind of kind of pooped. I just left it. <laughs> <laughs>
I think that's a good approach to have. You know, you talked about taking things season by season and, and, and reducing it down. And and it seems, you know, for a lot of people that get caught up in these these big moments, for you, it's it's almost like, you know, it's one thing leads to another. And, you know, you've been down the journey for such a long time. It's 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 amazing to be able to pick your brain and to, to comprehend sort of, you know, this isn't a fluke why why you're in the position that you're in and I really want to say I admire that and uh, I admire just the way you've carried yourself as a professional sort of throughout the course of your career both as a fan and as a teammate and as a colleague and now as, as someone who gets to interview you but uh, no it, uh, it's great to see that uh, that you have this approach and I'm looking forward to watching you guys do uh, do really well especially at Worlds. Well, I, pre- I appreciate that, but uh, everything that I've learned, I learned from all my my past coaches and obviously my parents being the, the biggest influence on my outlook in my life. Um, but let's step away from volleyball for a second and talk about the sort of, you, I guess it's still in the volleyball realm, but you've started, uh, you've started some, some businesses within, uh, within the volleyball community and... Uh, out of Vancouver, so you have we have Wico. So why don't, uh, why don't you explain to our listeners what's going on with that, and then uh, and then the league that you've actually started as well. Um, yeah, so I'll start with uh, Wico Bevo, which stands for West Coast Beach Volleyball uh, Society, and it, it's more it's mostly a uh, actually it, we just got our not for profit uh, status, so we're a, a giving society. We're a a charity, kind of. Congrats! That that's hey, congratulations. Yeah, that's a big move. I uh, I'm in the not-for-profit game right now, so I understand how how big that is to have uh, to have that status. So congrats. Yeah. So mostly what uh, like what uh, Wico Bevo is sort of known for now after the first three years is uh, we run a play with the pros tournament in. Uh, November-ish time every every year, and we get most of the local, the kids pros with a few, a few, uh, we've had a couple Olympians every time, the first year was me and came, and then uh, April Ross came out, and then uh, Sarah Pavin came out last year in Binstock um, to come play, and so our format is uh, teams of just rec, rec players can come uh come play the tournament and they get one pro on their team for every match. Uh, so all the pros will just sort of cycle around for the whole tournament. We've had 24 teams for every, every season we've, we've made around, I think it was, it's like 30,000 for, uh, which we put back into, into volleyball, uh, and trying to, trying to set up a hub, uh, for training for high level, beach out in uh, out in Vancouver because that's there's a, a really good um, rec community and a really good uh, semi-pro community out here but there's not really much for um, not guys who are interested in competing internationally beyond sort of beyond the uh, the rec level right and so that's that's sort of what we're our main purpose is and we've been we've sent a couple um, of the young teams to the youth world's trials, uh, and, and junior world's trials, um, through, through this money that we've raised. And yeah, so we're, we're trying to build, build a community and give back. That's awesome. That... To, to a, uh, more competitive than it is. Cause it's already an, an amazing community out, out in BC. Everyone is so supportive of all of these, these endeavors and everything volleyball. Right. Nice. So how can people get involved? You mentioned you, you achieved your not-for-profit status. Uh, what's your website and how can people kind of learn more about it and start to contribute? Wecobevo.com. Wecobevo. Can you spell Wecobevo just for, you know, we're, we're audio only, so I don't know. We'll put it in the show yeah. notes, but just for the, the listeners. So that's W-E-C-O-B-E-V-O.com. Beauty. Thank you. And uh, other yep. than the play with the pro event uh, in Vancouver, if there's anybody outside of uh, outside of the province, what's the best way to uh, to help with that? Um, honestly, just send an email, um, and it's mostly run. It's mostly run by uh, Jody McIntosh. Uh, she's been 
instrumental to everything um, that's been Wiko Bivo. She's the heart and soul, basically, and, and I'm the face. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so just send, send an email out if you're interested in, in helping out with... Because uh, Wiko Bivo, it's, it's for everyone in the western provinces. Um, Do you include yeah. Manitoba or no? Supporting... Everyone uh, west of Manitoba, because because <laughs> that's central in Canada. Yeah, it's true, but <laughs> it's because there's uh, there's so much going on in in uh, Toronto and Quebec, and they have all all of this uh, support and opportunities to play at full time centers and and everything, and there's not quite that much assistance for the the rest of Canada. So we're just trying to help help everyone sort of keep up. So is this, this is obviously with the name, it's purely for beach volleyball athletes because we know that the, uh, the Richmond Oval is being used as sort of a high performance outlet, um, for Pacific based teams and for the women's indoor team. Um, we had, uh, we had a, a women's national team player on here, Autumn Bailey. Is there any way that we can involve the, the women's team to help, uh, obviously build just the community of volleyball and, uh, you know, disperse it nationally? Um, yeah, I mean the women's players have come to the play with the pros, um, and they've they've been awesome and supportive of of us, and we we uh, direct people to to them as well. Um, most the funding that we get is is meant for beach volleyball yeah. specifically, but yeah, we're obviously very supportive of everything everything volleyball, um, though. We do also recognize the distinction between the two. Right. Team and individual. <laughs> nice. And uh, you also started a league. So can you go into that? Like, where did that idea come from? Um, I, I really enjoy the format. If you could go over that, just so our listeners can understand uh, the men's and women's being on the same team and all that. So, yeah, take it away with the, the league concept. Yeah. So the, the league is it's just sort of, it's been in my mind for years and years and years. I mean, since I was a, a kid, you when you're you're a kid and you're an athlete, you look at uh, at pro sport and you think um, NBA, NHL, NFL, all, all of these pro leagues, um, and it just makes sense to be a fan of a league. Uh, it I, f I feel like leagues are a lot more fan friendly than than the tour system, which seems to be so inter intertwined with beach volleyball um it seems that everything beach volleyball is always done in the tour anything professional is tour and tournaments um and there's never any any leagues and i think it's it's mostly because teams are so small two with two people it's hard to uh it's hard to get so invested in just two two guys rather than a whole team of of people, but um, the way the way I looked at it is that uh, if if I want to do a league, I, I took took um, what's the what's the word took uh, inspir some inspiration from the uh, the NCAA the the way the girls do it uh, in the NCAA because their teams consist of a lot of different teams and so. It's a lot uh, like nominating a big team to have like the one one play one two play two that sort of format. Yeah, it, yeah. it fosters the the whole teamwork um, aspect of things, and it's really I find find it really fun. Though I agree with you guys, I've been listening uh, that uh, it's not that great to end it when when there's an advantage one and just end it in the middle of the match. So I like, I like, I created the overtime system so that there's a way for everyone to sort of contribute to, if there's a, a tie, then it's not just, doesn't just end there. That so, there's a way for everyone to contribute to the final to tie break. Basically. So why don't you explain a little more uh, what, what you created with your overtime system for those of uh, our listeners that uh, aren't familiar. Yeah. So for me, each team consists of a men's team and a women's team, which is something that I also thought was important. Um, 
because the men's game and the women's game are are different, and yet everyone. I mean, sorry, I'm explaining this poorly. <laughs> <laughs> but the um, yeah, so the men's and women's game are different, but it's still both beach volleyball and. I thought it would be cool to have a pro league where men and women compete on the same team, but they're still competing only against each other. So the women play the women, the men play the men. So each matchup is on two different courts. Um, and then the there's one match each. Uh, so team A men play team B men, team A women play team B women. Uh, one match. If it's tied, so the... Team A wins the men and Team B wins the women. Then it'll go to overtime, uh, which is just one set to 15 points, but it alternates from court to court. So the women would play the first point and say Team A wins, it's one nothing. Wow. The men play the second point, um, and it could be Team B wins, so it's 1-1. Love it. And then That's that awesome. Goes on until, until a team gets to 15, win by two. That's an awesome system. I love that. That... Uh... That's really interesting. I really like that concept. Yeah, it was it was really fun, and the people the people who played really enjoyed it, and the people who who followed along and really enjoyed it as well. So I, I'm going to try to run another another league this winter and uh, and see if I can get a little more a little more going, and and if I can get it in other provinces as well, and have a big league. A national Mash league. At the end and, uh... <laughs> no, that's a good point you brought up because the uh, there is a sort of this emergence of indoor volleyball um, at the semi-professional level in Canada with the with the one league which started in Toronto and then it branched off into Calgary and and Vancouver has the Super League now. Um, mm -hmm. You know how? First off, how can people is how can people come and watch how can people come and support you um as it is now in uh in vancouver like when does the season typically run from and uh how many nights a week or is it going on um so in the first season i was just sort of testing things out i i basically did everything myself um for the whole organizational and and everything so it was a lot of a lot of work and it was around sort of when I played so I mashed it up all into one month um, and so there was two two games a week it was Saturdays and Sunday um, for the month of January and it was it was indoor uh, at Six Pack Beach okay. which is the indoor facility in Vancouver um, the I wanted I wanted to do something in the summer, but it's obviously very hard while I'm while I'm playing and traveling and everything. But also, BC this summer is is packed with tournaments. With the tour, the BC Beach Tour is looking awesome this year, and uh, I didn't want to add anything to muddy the waters during the summer. Um, You're, too nice, You're too nice, Ben. You're too nice. I'd rather them just do their tour and do it as well as possible and have a really awesome beach tour without anything confusing confusing anyone during the summer and then I can do, have my own time during the winter for now until until it grows big enough that I, I need to do it in the summer. But uh, Well, you mentioned that you wanted it to, uh, to be sort of adopted in other provinces and I think that would be something that uh, would be great within, uh, within the Toronto community for sure and... Uh, you know, you spoke about uh, Quebec having a pretty rich volleyball culture. Um, if there's any way that we can get involved with that, you know, we'd love to. Uh, we'd love to help out. But for now, um, what's the best way that people can get involved with uh, the MBVL, and uh, and how can we uh, how can we help you continue to do great things in it? Because I think the format, Ben, is you have owners for each team, right? So there's a way for community people to get involved and almost sponsor a team, and then the players uh, they entered through a draft, didn't they? Um, yeah, so each team was drafted by owners. So if you own a team, then you get to pick your own players for the team, similar to the one league um, for indoor volleyball. Um, yeah, so you, you draft your own team. Uh, the men and women get drafted together, which I thought was 
a fun a fun idea and it uh it was enjoyed by everyone even though the women all got drafted first and the men got the men are way less or way less valuable than the women so <laughs> um, uh, yeah so it was um it was really fun the way to best way to support is uh to help me find owners and sponsors for <laughs> <laughs> for because it's for the league because it's mostly most of the income comes from owners and sponsors for now. Uh, I'm I'm looking into uh, merchandise at some point, but uh, for now it's it's in order to keep the league running to because I'm I'm paying for the the courts and refs and all that stuff to go with it. Uh, so I need I mean help financially, but <laughs> I don't so. Wanna, First things first, we need to get you a sponsor and get some ownership to, to establish that league. And then second, the residual sponsors come in for us. Yeah, and then also <laughs> anyone who's, who's willing to spend some time and, uh, and help, me set up at, uh, <laughs> help me set up and scorekeep and all the little things for, that go into running a league. It's any, any way that anyone wants to help, I'm happy to... Uh, to put you to work. And quickly, um, what's the website for it, and uh, how can people reach you uh, to get involved? Uh, the the website is nbvl.ca, and uh, you can reach me at uh, league at nbvl.ca. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Um, I do want to get to a couple more volleyball questions. We had Eric Matson on the show, and he mentioned, I think he was in first year when you were in third year, that that was maybe the best indoor team he had ever played on. Uh, what do you remember about that year and kind of winning a CIS championship on home soil? Um, it was, obviously, it was awesome. I uh, I was a little bitter that year because, I mean, as bitter as, can, as I, after going undefeated and winning nationals, that... Uh, that I can be because uh, we actually had, yeah, we had undefeated season, one nationals, and then I think we only had one all star. So <laughs> not not that I mean he ended up being the CIS athlete of the year, and Joel Schmulin deserved deserved everything of that. He was awesome that whole season, and his beard deserved that by itself. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, we had probably our entire starting lineup could have been an all-star that that year, um, but they gave it to just one guy and then had to spread it around the rest of the. You the think if nobody world. can beat the six guys who are on the court, then surely that those six guys should be the all-star team. Exactly. Like we didn't lose a set in all of playoffs, and uh, <laughs> I think we lost like six sets all season. Wow. Uh, <laughs> like what do you remember about that team like what was the the practice environment like or what was like the level of talent because there was a lot of depth right like the, i think eric told us like guys like jason duraco who's on the indoor national team were on the bench that year i think yeah yeah we uh he was behind me <laughs> he, was, he was also he Feel was it. first year on the team um he was his second year i think but uh yeah we had um a really strong team obviously and it uh i'm i always say a team starts from the middles so as like our our middles and u of a's middles are constantly some of the best middles in the country um which is why they've been so strong for for so long uh trinity west has also had really strong middles and that's generally where where you build out a team so i i give full Credit to uh, Justin Murda and Spencer Lischke that year, who were the most dominant middles in the CIS. Yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, moving back to some beach stuff, um, you guys have put together some really good results. So after kind of having to go through the qualifier at the start of the year, you got back-to-back -back ninths. Uh, was there anything that switched with you and Grant, or just kind of stay the course and you knew the results were going to start coming? Um. I mean, the qualifier and the main draw are two totally different different tournaments, and it's a completely different beast to play one match in the in the qualifier compared to a main draw, where you get a couple a couple attempts. Um, 
to get one win and then you go from there. Um, the problem, like Grant and I tend to be pretty good when we have a little bit of, of buildup into our, into our, our game. So the qualifiers, we weren't ready for them, I guess you could say. Uh, and we'll, the next time we play one, we'll do our best to be in, to be warm enough to be ready to go. Um, but yeah, we just didn't have that. The ball hadn't started rolling yet, basically. Well, it seems Once with all got, these good results that you guys are having, and especially, you know, um, mentally, obviously, you guys are prepped and ready to go and you have this main draw in, in Warsaw I mean hopefully knock on wood you don't have to deal with that problem anymore <laughs> well exactly like as soon as so Kame and I when we started making main draws uh, and stayed in the main draw it was it makes the whole tournament so much easier because you don't have to worry about this whole first part that that uh, a quarter of the tournament has to has to deal with um and it's it's one or two full matches for the day before the tournament so you, if you're going into the qualifier and you win and you get in then your tournament is is successful almost you feel you feel like you've accomplished something uh just by getting into the tournament because it's so difficult because it's so deep the depth of the tour is pretty much all the way down three quarters of the way down to qualifier is they're all super strong teams. Yeah. Um, and then once you get into a main draw, the sense of accomplishment is kind of already there and it's, it uh, takes a lot of pressure off in, in a main draw, but also it, uh, there's a, a little bit less, um, less incentive to do well in the main draw. So once you're, once you, when you start in the main draw, it feels like you, you should do better because you have that edge over the teams that are tired coming in. Yeah. They're already feeling good about their tournament. You're almost complacent that you made it in and did your job. So it's over where if you come in without the qualification, you lose two games, you're sort of bummed, but you know, if you win the qualifier and you lose in the pool, you're two and two. So you're even, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's uh, it's much harder to qualify um, and then do well in a tournament. Some teams have done it, and that makes those wins especially especially um, amazing because that's it's so hard just to qualify and then to qualify and then go all the way through the tournament is so impressive. Um, yeah, but. If we don't have to qualify, then we don't have to qualify. But if we do have to qualify, then, then we'll do our best. We'll figure it out. Um, one more thing that I want to touch on, because we talked about your experience at U of A, and we talked about uh, sort of the longevity uh, of your family in Alberta and, um, and just sort of the volleyball scene there. There's a three-star event in, in Edmonton this year, so this is a bit of a homecoming for you. Um, what are your thoughts going into this event and uh, – I'm sure, especially for you, you know, going to school there and, and having your family there, it uh, it's going to be quite uh, quite the sight to to have. Uh, we'll say almost home court advantage, but uh, local hero, yeah, hometown hero, Ben Saxton. I'm very excited for this tournament in Edmonton because it's like we talked about at the start. I've been traveling and playing on the tour for. 15 years and uh i've the closest i've played to home is uh i mean it's either quebec or la but they're <laughs> they're about the same distance but <laughs> but um it's it's going to be so exciting to be at a tournament where my whole family can drive to come and watch me play um and everyone i'll there will be people there that are there just to see me Rather than <laughs> rather than uh, that are around and cheer for Canada because they happen to be Canadians in that country, um, it's it's going to be a different experience for me, and I'm very excited uh, to to play in Edmonton. And no qualifier. 
and they'll qualify. Yeah. <laughs> we might even be the one seed. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, uh, we have talked about this on previous episodes. I was hoping you could share the uh, adventure you guys went on to get from Brazil to China and how uh, how you landed on that 40-hour mark of what that exactly looks like. Uh, yeah, well, it, it was... It, I didn't necessarily have to go the route that I went, and it might have been a little bit shorter, but I think the shortest anyone went was 30-something hours. Um, for me, it was, I went uh, Florianopolis, which is close to Itapema, to Sao Paulo, to uh, Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, and then from there to Bangkok, uh, Hong Kong, Xiamen, and then a cab from Xiamen to Jinjiang. And how long was the cab? The cab, it was an hour. Okay, so that wasn't so bad. So you went to Brazil, you went from South America to Africa to Asia. Yes. So three... Yeah, it was, a, it was a long day. <laughs> and when you landed, your watch exploded. My watch exploded? Yeah, from all the time zones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh... It was possibly the longest travel day of my whole career, which was uh, it's saying was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of movies, a lot of movies. That was my plan when I played too. I I make a list of all the movies I really wanted to see, and I download them, and I love that. But uh, I know you probably get this question a lot, so take it with a grain of salt. But you've you've been so many different places. Um, what for you has been the most enjoyable trip and, uh, and why, why, why was that enjoyable in the sense of what, uh, what place were you like, wow, like, I can't believe I, I'm here. Um, I mean, a lot of the places, it depends on the result. <laughs> There's a, you go to a place and, uh, if you do well in the tournament, then you like the place. And if you did badly in the in the tournament and that place sucks so you want to just go home but um do i hate brazil yeah probably probably my favorite place though regardless of the tournament is is stad it's just so scenic and peaceful and i don't know it's green you're in the mountains it's just an amazing place to be much less to play in um just so clean it feels so clean and Fresh and yeah. just the nicest place that I have been. And uh, not to suck you a country here, but uh, you mentioned a lot of it has to do with results, so we'll take it with a grain of salt as well. Least favorite place you've been to? Um, I don't know if I I might uh, start a, an international uh, incident if I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I've never been Toronto. <laughs> Never been that partial to, uh, yeah, Toronto. Toronto, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never been a big fan of China, personally. Just because of, obviously, the, the cultural difference and the length of flight and, and the, the food. I've, you know, we've heard yeah, all the horror it, stories. A lot of it has to do with food. Yeah. Just it's so, it's so different. It's, some of it is, is really tasty, but it's just so different. And like I mentioned before, when I go somewhere, I just want it to feel like home. And China's China not is home. about as far from home as feeling, <laughs> as far from home feeling as, as you can get. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so you guys, what's next for you? You guys have Warsaw and then World Champs, and then are you taking yeah. a bit of a break before uh, before Edmonton? or No, World Champs and then Stad and then Edmonton. And then, Edmonton. And then Tokyo, Vienna. Marriage. So you, uh, and then obviously, if all goes to plan, Hamburg. Hamburg is, Hamburg or, is world. I meant uh, yeah. for Rome. world tour finals, Rome. Yeah. Rome, yeah. Yeah, if all goes well, then Rome. If all goes well, Rome. Your wife must be pretty convincing to have a, a wedding in the middle of beach season for you, eh? What's the date in August you guys are getting married? Um, it's August 17th. It's actually during the Moscow Four Star. Um, we actually picked that day because we weren't sure at the time when we were picking dates when World Tour Finals would be, and but we were sure that uh, it wouldn't be at the same time as a four-star, so we picked 
picked a, a date during a four star, so it would definitely not conflict with World Tour Finals. Clever, clever. I like Smart. that. <laughs> really pushing for the December wedding didn't really pan out, though, eh? Yeah. But then, but then this way, I also don't have to go through the whole Russian visa process, which is which is a hassle every year. Right. Right. Uh, so was the Brazilian visa, but uh, yeah, but the Brazilian visa usually lasts for. For five years or so, but yeah. actually, I think they're they're getting rid of Brazil the visa needing a visa for Brazil uh, from next year on. Okay, so that's helpful. Um, yeah. So you guys are, are are in Vancouver now, or you're in Vancouver now. To, uh, you get a bit of a break before um, before things sort of ramp up. What's the best way that uh, people can support you and Grant and uh, help you guys along the uh, the journey here? Give us money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who do I write the check uh, no, to send us a send us a nice message um, yeah any any good feelings are good good for us they help us moving forward we we like to hear from everybody so if you can if you have a nice message to send us then then we'd like to hear it That's and good. Uh, if you want to send some money too then we'll take that too <laughs> <laughs> yeah money first nice message with the money Sort of one thing that we like to do on, on this to wrap things up, uh, we talk about sort of, you mentioned international incidents. We like to ask uh, our, uh, our guests one sort of moment in their career overseas that, uh, that was a bit of an eye-opener. Um, Eric mentioned uh, his club one year forgot to renew his visa and he had to be shipped home for three months in the middle of a season. Um, we had Becky Pavin on here before and she talked about, um, going to an airport in Germany and not knowing who was picking her up and just sort of blindly walking into a car with a, with a complete stranger. So just my question for you to, to sort of put a bow on this interview is what, uh, what's sort of the, the craziest or, or most inconvenient, uh, thing that's happened to you when, uh, in your 15 years on tour? Um... When you ask that, I just a story pops in my head. I don't know if it's appropriate. That's okay. The, hey, <laughs> for the show, but um, yeah, there. I was at Francophone Games, um, two thousand nine, I think, in Beirut. Um, and so I was, I was playing that with Jesse Elliott, and uh, we actually won the Francophone Games. Um, but then afterwards, so we were all celebrating with us and. Um, so for Francophone Games, there's Canada actually gets three different teams. So there's actually the Canada team, Canada Quebec, and Canada uh, New Brunswick. Okay. So there's three separate delegations. So who are the three teams with you and Jesse? Do you remember? Um, or? It was uh, so me and Jesse. There was uh, from New Brunswick. It was. I don't remember their names. <laughs> okay. Something, and then from, sorry, from that was from New Brunswick. From Quebec, it was uh, Simon uh, Facto Boutin and Fiji. Fiji, Francois yeah. Allaire. Allaire. Yeah. Yeah. Allaire. yeah. Um, yeah. And so then, you guys won. You guys won the francophone games, and you guys are partying afterwards. Yeah, and so. Um, the Canadian team for the women was uh, Heather Bansley and Julie um, Rodrigue. Rodrigue, yeah, yeah, Julie Rodrigue. And uh, so after the tournament, we're we're celebrating. We're at uh, just a bar in in Beirut, and we're heading back. Uh, and the girls, our Ju Julie and I, ended up alone for some reason and she was like can you just walk me back to my my room she because we're, we're all in dormitories and she's like can you walk me back to my room so i walk because it's it's beirut you're right. kind of a little on edge skeptical of of things and it's a good thing that i did because because uh, <laughs> we got to the room and opened the door and there was a guy in their room um i don't know if he was I don't know if I should say what <laughs> he wasn't doing very good things in there. 
Um, so his, his, like his pants are his ankles um, <laughs> and uh, just over top of all their stuff in, in their room. And it's just, it was just like, uh, <laughs> and I was just like, um, excuse me, uh, get out, like leave. <laughs> and so he's like, oh, sorry, sorry. And he comes to shake my hand and I was like, I don't want to shake your hand. <laughs> speak English so I didn't like it was just the the weirdest moment probably in my entire life was this happening and uh yeah and then so Julie and Heather obviously changed rooms and we had to talk to security for the next few days for the last few days of francophone games and they had to burn their bags before we went home and uh yeah it was it just kind of kind of tainted the win a little bit it was it was a weird, just a weird happening. That, and it makes you think, like, <laughs> what goes on? And plus, in Beirut, there's you're driving through all these buildings with bullet holes through them. The whole like you have a full armed, armed uh, contingent around each each team, transporting you from location to location. And that was probably the scariest tournament that I've I've been to. Just a weird, wow, just that, feeling kind of not safe at any given time, and really, then, and then that happening in the midst of it all was just sort of. <laughs> that might be the one of the best stories I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a crazy thing. <laughs> I'm really happy you shared that with us. That's uh, that's intense and incredible in all the wrong ways. Yeah, I don't know if it was the best thing to share, but. Uh, <laughs> On that yeah, note, uh, have to talk to Julie before you air that. Yeah. She, I don't know if she'll want to. Uh, we might or, edit. Or just bleep out her name as a. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Athlete A. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, thanks again for taking the time with us here. And uh, this was probably one of the one of the most fun episodes I've had listening, uh, listening to you share everything. Yeah, well, sorry I'm not necess- always the most eloquent, but. Uh... <laughs> You guys make me look good. Ah, you make me, you make well. me look good. <laughs> I'm I'm a big fan, but I know I have noticed that there's a lot of uh, friends of the show. Is there a? Do they do they say they're friends of the show, or is that uh, just... no? That's an appointed title. That's our criteria, and it's it's pretty loose. If we know your <laughs> name, basically, you're a friend of the show. Yeah. Do you have any enemies of the show? Because I wouldn't mind being. Just, just to be different. You want to play the villain? No, no. We do, ha- we do have an extensive list of enemies of the show, but they remain unnamed. Oh, okay. And Saxton <laughs> no, wants to be the villain. No, oh. I won't. I won't allow it. You're a superhero always. Uh, okay, I can, I can deal with that. Yeah, but I, I'd just like to be distinguished from the other, uh, the other crowd. Oh, somehow. you're, you're top. You're in the top order here. Everyone's batting one A after this. Instead Super of best friend of the show, yeah. though. I, how about like super, a different, different title? How about super friend of the show, Ben Saxton? I'll take that. I'm yeah. Fine. Okay. Good. Good. <laughs> Whenever we mention you, it's going to be super friend of the show, Ben Saxton. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have been listening, and I've I've been kind of mentioned in most episodes, so I'm. <laughs> <laughs> so you're expe- so. so you know what the episode after this airs, uh, we'll be sure to to keep that going. It's going to be a good, good running gag. But try, uh, to, try to connect me to every guest. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, I mean, yeah. You're good, but you're no super friend of the show, Ben Saxton. <laughs> and once our yes, once our downloads it. explode from this episode, maybe we can get a sponsor, and then we can own a, a team in your league. Yeah, here. yeah, that'd be awesome. And the cycle keeps going. Yeah, hey, pay it forward. But yeah. uh, if well, he wants to be a league manager, you could run a run one an NBVL in in Toronto. You know what? We're gonna look into that. I'm not even joking. I think that's I think that's a great it's idea. a great concept. And like you said, Eddie, anybody who has an indoor beach facility should be looking into this because I think it's a it's a great way to kind of raise the rec league to be like that semi pro level that you talked about. And I think it's it's a great initiative too. And it gets fans involved, it gives them something to cheer for. It's it's a great concept. Yeah, and that's sort of the, I didn't explain it very well, but that's sort of what I wanted to, uh, yeah. to share with everyone. So excellent job. Uh, yes. <laughs> Perfect. All right, we'll, uh, we'll let you go here, but uh, we'll have the full episode up on, on Friday, and we'll, uh, we'll try and cut it together um, to post a couple snippets on Instagram for you as well. Make me sound better. Perfect. Exactly. All right, Ben. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, take Thanks, care. Ben.
How lucky are we? That was a great interview by Olympian Ben Saxton. That is actually a fun fact, our second Olympian we've had in our in our young history of uh, 11 episodes here on Passing Times. Uh, if you want to catch the first Olympian, if you haven't already, that was TJ Sanders. Maybe being an Alberta Gold Bear fan brought you here so you can listen to fellow alumni Eric Matson on a great episode with us. Uh, maybe you're a big fan of people who play beach and indoor, so you can go back and listen to Becky Pavin explain her career. Uh, Jake McNeil is on the beach now, but had a great career indoors. And Jesse Elser went the other way, had a great youth beach career, and is now dominating the indoor scene. Uh, or maybe you just want to hear about more of the great things that the Vancouver beach community is doing, and you can hear that from uh, Seymour and Jody Z, who had a great episode. As you can see, uh, we've, we've got a great bank of episodes if you haven't uh, listened to any of our previous ones. And as usual, uh, feel free to give us any comments. And until Dallas's plea for a six-star comes through, uh, we'll accept as many five-star reviews as we can get. Thanks, and hope you enjoy this episode. Amazing. Special thanks to super fan of the show, Ben Saxon, for a great interview. Uh, Dal, initial thoughts? Uh, my initial thoughts are you've already screwed up his title. It is super friend of the show. Super friend of the show. Sorry. He can be a fan, can he? No. He's no, super he's... friend of the show, Ben Saxton. And yes, he must say the whole thing. If anyone's a super fan, it's me towards him. So I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that's correct. Um, big shout out to Ben. He was a great guest. And uh, he has a lot of invaluable information for those of you uh, who want to learn. Ben is an absolutely amazing mentor. And uh, we wish him nothing but the best in uh, Warsaw and World Champs and the rest, uh, the rest of his career. Yeah, so check the show notes for more details or just c- give a quick Google search to Wico Bevo and the National Beach Volleyball League. Yep. Awesome. Moving on to other news. I guess we'll, we'll cover indoor because, you know, we like volleyball. You like volleyball. Everyone likes volleyball. Uh, congratulations to the women's team for winning in Autumn Bailey's home province of Quebec. Kidding. That was her 18U qualification. <laughs> but uh, they took care of it. So now winning that event uh, now puts them in a qualifier for, I keep calling it League of Nations, Volleyball Nations League. Yeah, VNL because, you know, U, U Sports was crowned the worst name in sports. But the VNL said, ah, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold the phone. We're coming in. We're going to one-up you. So good job for them. They get the chance to qualify now. On the men's side, they went 2-1 and one on the first weekend, uh, dropping to Bulgaria, excuse me, but then they recovered, beat Portugal, beat Argentina. So, you know what, 2-1 and one on the first weekend? I'll take that. Yeah, they did what they needed to do. Uh, no real wow moments from that. Um, you know, there's uh, as this airs, there will be the... Um, the continuation of the event in TD Place in Ottawa, but um, go out and support the indoor guys in uh, in Ottawa because it's also the venue of the Hall of Fame class of uh, Volleyball Canada, and um, a lot of friends of the show are going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, Jody Holden and Conrad Leineman, who were the 1999 Pan Am champions and Sydney Olympians, and the 1984 men's, uh, men's Olympic indoor team as well. And the volleyball community in Ottawa does a great job. The The coaching clinic there is absolutely stacked. I think they get every international coach who's uh, competing at the event to actually give a presentation, which is awesome. And then we'll have some other uh, Canadian speakers there. So definitely worth your money to sign up for the coaching clinic because I think it covers your tickets as well. Or if you just want to watch the game, uh, the organizing committee in Ottawa does an amazing job. At least it was, it was great last year, and I imagine it only gets better in year two. So go check it out in Ottawa. Uh, I don't think Passing Dimes has the budget to go, but... Uh, We'll be we're, just wait, we're just waiting for that big Wico Bevo money to come in, and uh, we'll be on our way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So good luck to uh, the men's team and, and for the women's team coming up. Uh, other indoor news, FISU rosters were announced, so you can check out our Instagram page. Congratulations to everybody uh, named to those rosters. Uh, they'll be competing in Italy this summer. That's that's a fun event. You've been to FISU. I've been to FISU. That, uh, that is a lot of fun event. My FISU was in Parnu, Estonia. Estonia. A lot of friends of the show from Estonia. The Sora family, the Poldmas, just so many. Uh, a lot of blonde Valleous. hair. A lot like, of blonde hair and blue eyes come out of that place. But uh, yeah, beautiful coastal Baltic Parnu, Estonia. I can just start naming more Estonians. Landis Doyle, Alicia Lidham's from the OVA's Estonian. Man, Estonians love volleyball. Love blonde hair too. <laughs> well, I guess when you're tall and blonde and, you know, yeah. volleyball's next. <laughs> it's pegged in, but uh, no, Fisu is a lot of fun, and the sitting teams have also uh, also been named. Yeah, actually, I've never thanked him on air. Special thanks to Alex Boldman for taking video of uh, 
Canada was playing U.S. in an exhibition series, so we posted a sweet ace from Canada. Uh, Alex Pullman was there to get some stuff, so they're they're battling it out, getting ready. Um, so that was nice of them to go visit the U.S. for a five-game series, and the women were actually traveling a little bit and got to compete against some some Asian teams and whoever else was at that event. So just kind of gearing up for uh, they'll have the Pan American Cup this summer. I they believe. have the Pan the Para Pan Am Games, and uh, that's that'll also be in Lima as well. But uh, be sure to, to, to check out uh, our sitting volleyball teams and uh, special plug to, to any members of the team out there. Uh, we're looking forward to having uh, having you on the show and, and talking about your uh, your Paralympic journey as well. Definitely, definitely. And uh, just keeping an eye on the beach. Uh, it's so it's so awesome when Canada, we finish fifth at the tournament and everybody's going like, oh man. Like, I can tell you, like, watching the games, like, the mood was ruined at work. We were like, man, I can't believe Heather Brady took a fifth, where we're so spoiled with how well they're doing, where we've talked about this at length, where a fifth ten years ago would have been a parade. If we live in popping <laughs> bottles in the in the VC boardroom, but, uh... Now it's yeah. kind of like, oh, like, that's, that's disappointing. <laughs> I remember looking at the World Championship uh, raw, pools, which have been drawn, and Melissa and Heather being ranked ninth, and I go, ninth? Bullshit. I think you said Melissa and Heather. You mean Melissa? I, I did. I Sorry, I meant Melissa and Sarah. Uh, that'll have to be edited out in the Coles notes. But uh, Melissa and Sarah ranked ninth, and I was thinking to myself, wow, they're ninth. But, uh, I mean, that's incredible for uh, for all the teams for all the teams there. We have three, draw, three entries uh, for women and uh, two for men. And that, that's that's going to be exciting. So we covered kind of how the teams have qualified for there, and now, now they're gearing up. So... Uh, Bansley Wilkerson look like they have a, a good pool. I mean, they have uh, Barons and Tillman from Germany. They have the good Swiss team, and Uruguay's there. Uh, Sarah and Melissa will get Sponsel and Clays from the USA. The up and coming Russian team, I think they won U nineteen last year, and then they've just been killing it ever since. Uh, and Colombia looks like to be the fourth team, and then Magna Nicole. I, they've beat Labrador before, haven't they not? Yeah, they did. They beat them in um, in Brazil to win a pool. But I'll tell you right now, playing the host country at a World Championship is uh, is going to be a different bag. So uh, it'll be interesting in to have that pool because there's going to be about thirty, forty thousand people in uh, in center court for that match. Well, they're just going to keep banking experience and just be. Better for it. So good luck to them. And on the guy's side, uh, Pedro Schachter going to be there and O'Gorman Saxton. So Canada, five teams going to Worlds. Love it. It, uh, it could be a five team. Five, could be five medals. You know, <laughs> wishful thinking. But could hey. be. Could be. Uh, we'll obviously prep that at a future date. I think we're getting a little long because we could talk to Ben Saxton all day. So uh, World Championships. We're, we got a little bit of time. We got Warsaw to kind of hype up a little bit and, and some other events. So. Uh, we're not paying the pools too much attention right now, but that's because, you know, how many people listen to two-hour podcasts? No, about the same <laughs> amount of people that listen to us. <laughs> um, so we'll wrap it up shortly. Uh, Norseka trials have finally completed, so some, some new teams will have the opportunity to go, at least on the women's side, which is exciting. We'll post that on our Instagram for full results. Um, I think we've covered it. U21's coming up. We'll have some news on that. It feels like everything's kind of... Ramping up here. Ramping up and, and coming fast, so obviously pay attention to future shows because we'll be covering everything and anything. Uh, but as usual, if you have any comments, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, love those five-star reviews if you're an iTunes person. Uh, feel free to give those up. I don't know. Does Google Play? I don't, I'm not a Google person. Yeah, they have I'm five a Google star person. Reviews? They, uh, they have a five-star. I'm actually pushing for us to get a sixth star. Ooh, yes. Okay. Um, so we'll be up there. But uh, again, we're going to sign off here. And special thanks to super friend of the show, Ben Saxton. Super best friend? Super, <laughs> super amazing best friend of the show, Ben Saxon. Ah, uh, that was great. Every week, we just keep adding these guests, and, you know, we're shooting for the moon. I think we can get anybody at this point. I'm really excited to have Wayne Gretzky on our next podcast. <laughs> and Sidney Crosby. And Sidney Crosby. <laughs> He's <Awesome>. our plan B. <laughs> awesome. As usual, thanks for listening. Uh, you guys are great, and, and keep the feedback coming, and uh, help the audience grow. Just tell one person. And then they'll tell one person. And then they tell one person, and then we just doubled our audience. And then we doubled our income. <laughs> that sweet, sweet internet money. All right, take care. All right, bye, Mom.